Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Man, what a week, huh? Who thought we were going to have a hurricane? I didn't, didn't think that was going to happen, but it did, and I'm glad to see every one of you. And I just want to give a shout out to our volunteers who came yesterday. Here's, here, here's our volunteers right here. We got a, let me see that beautiful picture of those wonderful people that showed up. You know, we, we have to pack the church up for a flood event so we don't have everything ruined. And that takes a couple hours to do. And, but when you have that many people show up, in 40 minutes, we were ready to operate again. And uh, that's pretty cool. You know, I, it's pretty cool to, have, to know that you're in a community where people just want to be a part of helping one another. And, uh, and let me encourage you, this is a really good time to get to know your neighbors. I know that awkward thing like, hey, we should bring them brownies. We should bake them a cake. We should go on over and say, hey, you know, but most of us never do that. But when a tree falls in somebody's yard, does it make a noise? Only if you go over there with your chainsaw, it does. And you begin to make a difference in their lives. So this is an open opportunity for you to get to know your neighbors. Everybody wants it. I mean, I literally did it. There was a tree in front of the road. Me and Brian decided, hey, let's go chop that tree up, you know? And so I went out there with my little chainsaw, you know, having my man moment. And then before you know it, there was like six chainsaws, you know, 10 families. Everybody was just talking for about two hours. We had a great moment. And we're going we're gonna to learn more today about hard times. And I know that most of us, most of us are not experiencing what the people of Fort Myers, Florida experienced. And what they experienced was absolutely horrific. Um, we're we're going to be looking at today about what, what about hard times. And, and as we're looking at certainty in our lives, what does it say about hard times? What is it used for to have certainty in your life and how we can strengthen you in hard times? So today we're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke and we're, he's going to take us into a moment of Jesus's life that was really hard. And there were things about Jesus that are tested to find out if, if, you know, what he's certain about. Have you ever wondered if Jesus had a moment like that? So we're going to be going into a story where there's going to be a lot of elements. There's going to be personal pain. There's going to be, even the devil is going to be involved in this story. So we have all the players of hardship involved. Being alone, being in the wilderness, we have all these components. But what's crazy that we're gonna find about this story is that this whole story of hardship was actually orchestrated by God. It was actually God that led Jesus to this place. And most of us are surprised by that because we have been searching for a Christianity that would lead us into easy times, that would lead us away from hard times. And we wrestle with the concept of God. If God is a good God, why would he let my life be hard? Why would I go through a, a difficult time? So today we're going to find out what in the world is God doing and why in the world would God allow us to experience hard times? And we're going to follow Jesus through his hard times. So in Luke 4, Luke records this event. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. He had just been baptized. 
and was led around by the spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. The gospel of Mark and Matthew say that he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. So it wasn't like this testing moment happened on the way. It was actually something that the spirit was leading him towards. And Jesus ate nothing during those days. And when they had ended, he became hungry. So why would God ever lead us into a hard time? I mean, we got to deal with this because we're experiencing hard times. So we're we're not going to be able to remove them because we all would have tried to get rid of hard times. So we've got to figure out kind of what is God thinking here and what is he trying to accomplish in my life and what good can possibly come from a hard time. The other day I was listening to a perspective uh, and it just blew me away. This basketball coach from Duke University, Carol Lawson, uh, communicated in a way that I just, was like, yes, that's, a, that's exactly it. So I want you to hear it and, I, and just kind of open up your heart. She may not cite the scripture, but I think the principles we're going to find that she communicates are also encapsulated in the life of Christ and in the word of God. Let's listen. I, I was talking with, with Shay a couple days ago, and one of the things we talked about was um, how we all wait in life for things to get easier. Think in your own life if you've waited for something to get easier. Oh, I just got to get through this, and then it'll be easy. I just got to get through preseason, and then it'll be okay. I've just got to get through my junior year of high school, and then the classes are going to get easier. Or I've just got to get to my spring and my senior year of college, and it's going to be easier. It's what we do. We wait for stuff to get easier. It will never get easier. What happens is you handle hard better. That's what happens. Most people think that it's going to get easier. Life is going to get easier. Basketball is going to get easier. School is going to get easier. It never gets easier. What happens is you become someone that handles hard stuff better. So that's a mental shift that has to occur in each of your brains. It has to. Because if you go around waiting for stuff to get easier in life, it's never going to happen. And then what happens? Oh, it's so hard. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, this, I don't know when it, when is it going to be easy for me? Oh, it's easy for other people. It's not, it's hard. And the second we see you handling stuff, handling hard better, what are we going to do? We're going to make it harder. We're going to make it harder because we're preparing for you for when you leave here, not just basketball and life. And if you think life when you leave college is gonna be all of a sudden get easy because you graduated and you got a degree, it's not gonna get easier. It's gonna get harder. So make yourself a person that handles hard well. Not someone that's waiting for the easy. Because if you have a meaningful pursuit in life, it will never be easy. If you're trying to win a championship, if you're trying to have a family, Ask your parents, do you think it was ever easy for them to raise kids? Karen, is it easy? It's not. Any meaningful pursuit in life, if you want to be successful at it, it goes, it goes to the people that handle hard well. Those are the people that get the stuff they want. People that wait around for easy, you probably see them at the bus stop. They're waiting for easy, the easy bus to come around. Easy bus never comes around. 
got to handle hard. Okay, so don't get discouraged through this time. If it's hard, don't get discouraged. It's supposed to be. And don't wait for it to be easy. Oh, I just got to get through the summer. And then it'll all of a sudden get easy in the fall. No, it won't. It won't. It won't get easy in the fall. So make yourself someone that handles hard well. And then whatever comes at you, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. Okay? I, I was talking with What an incredible... What an incredible perspective, uh, an amazing thing. Um, become someone that handles hard stuff better. That is so strong. If you have a meaningful pursuit in life, it will never be easy. And all of us want meaningful, all of us want that. But we just didn't realize that all that stuff comes to people who are able to handle hard well. So Jesus, in order to be able to do something meaningful, he has got to be able to handle hard. Even Jesus has to be able to handle hard. So he's being led by the Holy Spirit into a place of hard. And so um, we need to realize that when we are led into hard, when we experience hard things, we, we automatically wanna say, well, it's the devil. You need to rebuke the devil or it's evil, or whatever. And, and, and those components were in this Jesus story, but also we're finding that the Spirit of God led Jesus into that story to fight and to wrestle with those components of life. Why? Because Jesus had something meaningful to do, and you've got to be able to handle hard if you want to experience a meaningful life. And I have found that in hard times, you prove what you are certain about. You don't find that in easy. You only find out who you really are when you experience hard. So let's jump into the story. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The devil comes and begins to test him. Remember, it's not being wasted. God's not being evil. God's not being callous. God is trying to prepare Jesus to do something meaningful. And the devil said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. See, immediately, see, hard times will show you who you are and what you're certain about. And that's the first thing that's being addressed in Jesus. Do you know who you are? Do you really know who you are? And so the devil says to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And the devil led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory for it has been handed over to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall be yours. It's easy. Just take the easy way. Just bend down, worship me, and if you're looking for easy, here's easy, and you get everything. And Jesus answered and said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you. 
and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And the devil had, when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Until an opportune time. Hard is not going away. It will always present itself. There will always be an opportune time when hard is something that we are facing in our lives. So there's really two things that are being proved certain in this story. First of all, we're finding out what is Jesus certain about? Because you want to get into his head. He's he's a head we want to be in. We want to understand how he thinks. What is he certain about? How does he handle situations? What are you certain about in all this? And, And so we find out what he's certain about. Second thing we're finding out is, is Jesus's character certain? Or let me put it this way. Hard times prove what you are certain about, but also hard times prove what is certain about you. It's not until a hard time comes along until we're certain about who you are. So hard times not only prove what you're certain about, but they also prove what is certain about you as an individual. This is so important. This whole proving what you're about and proving what you are requires hardship to be involved. That's why if you're a parent here and you're helicoptering your child or you're snow plowing and, and that makes sense to a parent, if you're a little older like me, you're like, what the heck is he talking about? But if, if, you're, if you are trying to make all your child's decisions and if you're trying to, if you're the one that's calling the school because your little Johnny failed his his class, and you berate the teacher because that teacher's not good enough because my Johnny's smart, you might be setting your child up to never figure out who they are and never do anything meaningful because you're not letting that child to experience hard. Let me just tell you, I had to learn from my, my daughter and my son-in-law, when little, my little grandbaby Ireland is running and she falls to the ground, I'm kind of like... Um, I want to rush over there and swoop her up before the friction has even laid its grip on her elbows. You know, you want to like, oh, she fell, but in the same motion, you want to pick them right up. And so now I've, when she falls, I'll, I'll kind of look and I'll get down a little bit and I'll look for her to raise her head. And uh, I, don't, I don't know why you're laughing. This is cruel. Uh, I, I, to raise her head and I will look to see if there's any blood on her face. And if there's no blood on her face, I will tell her, you got this. You got this. Um, and, but too often as parents, we don't ever let that get proven in our children. We will rush in. Some boyfriend will break up with your little girl and you'll call her parent, his parents. That's psycho, folks. You know, they'll never be able to, you might as well go ahead and build your basement because your kid's going to be living in it for the rest of their lives, okay? But how much more the Heavenly Father loves us, meaning that he will let us experience hard, why? Because he wants us 
to become something. He wants us to be able to do hard things. So why would God allow Jesus to be led into the wilderness to be tested? To prove and to be proven. Prove is not a word that we use a lot. Usually we use the word test drive. Um, and, and it's kind of like when you prove something, you prove a theorem, you prove uh, a legal a concept, uh, you take an idea or something like guitar strings and you put them on a, a guitar, fresh strings, and you'll tune them up and maybe go a little above the note and then bring it down. And then you'll play it a little bit to see if whether or not it's going to, it's proven enough to get you through the song or through the set or whatever it is that musicians do. Um, you may get a car, and when you get that car and you're test driving it, what do you do? You're proving it. So you take it out on the 526, and when you, you take it up to, 100, uh, to 65 miles an hour, and you take it up to 65 to prove that how it handles at 65. Or as I heard, uh, if you have a 4x4, four four, you are supposed to take it through the mud, people. Okay? If you've got a fancy... If you've got a four by four that says something on it like the word bronco, that baby is supposed to be proven. You take it in the mud, you sling a little mud, you know? You know, that's something that needs to be proven that it's capable of doing that. Jesus is being taken out into the desert to find out, to prove that he has the metal, that he has within him what needs to take place to do something hard. So there's that time when you prove to be proven. It takes a hard time. It takes stress. It takes testing for something to be proven. And God uses hardship to prove what we really believe to create a proven character. There is no other way because you don't know who you are. You don't know what you're certain about. Everything else is just theoretical until a hard moment. Have you ever been around somebody who's been proven? You know, somebody who's gone through it? That's why Ben Acri is such a uh, kind of a hero of mine that he's lost his, the love of his life since he was in high school. He's um, lost significant people in his life. He's dealt with cancer. And, um, and if you were to walk up to him today and tell him that you were dealing with anything hard, uh, he would uh, probably get a little too close to you. He's a close talker. Um, but he would probably put his hands on you and he would tell you something crazy like, you're God's favorite, you know? And it's like, what? He would, how do you know that? He has proven it. Absolutely, it's been proven in him that it's not just theoretical. He's gone through difficulty, hardship in his own life, and it's, he's a proven person. Have you ever been around somebody who's proven, good or bad? It's like, um, well, why don't you go talk to her? And you may say something like, well, if I talk to her, I'm certain she's going to get offended. Because maybe you have communicated the only thing about you is that when you're challenged or you go into hard times or you're corrected, you have proven you get offended easy. Or I'm certain uh, he's going to get angry. Uh, he's not going to talk to you. If you, uh, you can go talk to him if you want, but I know he's going to hold a grudge. Why? Because maybe 
you have learned and have communicated to everyone around you with certainty that your character is the grudge-holding kind of character. See, we're proving who we are, how we handle hard things. I'm certain they're going to respond this way. How about this one? I'm certain they won't show up. Well, so-and-so said that they're going to they're come by and they're going to help do this. And, and, um, and it's, it's not because I'm ugly. It's not because I, I don't have hope. But people will say, well, so-and-so said they were going to do this. I'll be like, you better have a backup plan because I'm pretty certain he's not going to show. It's like, what? He said, well, that's ugly. It's like, no, this person offered me proof. When hardship happens, when difficult tasks are asked, it doesn't happen. Um, they won't follow through, or I'm certain. How about this? How would you like to have it for certain that people would say about you, I know he'll do the right thing. You drop $100 in front of him and, and walk by, I'm certain he's going to pick it up, he's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, you dropped this. You know, that I am certain that he's this kind of person. I would love that. Or I'm certain that she'll know what to do. Don't we try to find out people of that kind of certitude that, they, that we know they, they know the right answer. They do the right thing. You can have that kind of uh, certitude in your life. That's what God's doing with Jesus. Is not only showing what is Jesus certain about, but showing us that Jesus' character is certain. When we go through times of proving and come out proven, God can use us to do hard things, meaningful things. It's like when you get proven that you'll stand your ground, that you'll follow through with God, even when it's, when it's difficult. God's like, okay, that woman, that man, I can give them hard things to do. But you know what also, that person who experiences hard things to do experiences the joy of having a meaningful life. And you may be here today, maybe the only indicator that this makes sense to you is right now you don't feel like your life has any meaning. And it's not because God doesn't have meaning or isn't offering meaning, but every time a meaningful life is offered you, you just don't do hard. The moment there's... Oh my goodness, I cannot tell you. Churches shift people more than bars do. I mean, seriously. You find a good bar, you stick with that bar, you know? Uh, I've been in a few bars once in a while, but you know what? The pastor says something you don't agree with. Sister Sue in the nursery doesn't talk to your little ginger child is just the way that it needs to be taught to. I don't know, I had to make up a name. I had a, yeah. <laughs> Ginger, you know, there's got to be. So anybody here named Ginger? Okay, see, I did pretty good. So uh, uh, then they all of a sudden, we're going, we're trying out Seacoast. We're going to awaken. Well, we got offended by the greeter at the door or the golf cart driver was way too fast or the noise, the music was way. We had a guy leave here yelling like four weeks ago and insulting one of our ladies because the music's too loud. Look around, it's a gymnasium. <laughs> it's a gymnasium with egg crates on the wall. 
You know, it would take us about $80,000 to make this building sound right. But people will get offended because the moment it gets hard. Jesus was proven. He was proven that he trusted in the word of God. He was proven he was a man of strength. He proved he had character. And proven is ready to do something hard, something meaningful. So here's where it gets difficult. How about you? How do you respond when things go bad? Are you built for hard times? I mean, really, guys, nobody's going to ever tell you this, that you're not. No, very few people are going to say, oh, no, dude, you're a wuss. I don't count on you for anything, you know? No, I mean, nobody actually says that. But don't you doubt for a second, they may be thinking it. Um, how do you respond to bad times? Are you built for it? You can be. Because either way, hard times are going to happen. Because I know some of you are thinking here, especially probably dudes think this way, well, this is Christianity. It's like, well, then it would be better if I don't want to deal with the devil. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want God trying to prove anything about me. Uh, so I'm just going to step back from this. Let me just tell you, you may have stepped back from character. You may have stepped back from the word of God. You may have stepped back from the devil. You could believe that. But you have not stepped back from hard times. It comes on all of us. When that hurricane swatched across the uh, Florida Peninsula, it wiped out Christians and non-Christians alike. It wiped out brilliant people and idiots alike. It wiped out the poor and the rich alike. It did not discriminate Hard times are here, and they're here to stay, and they have always been here. So what is the first thing? And I'm speaking from my own experience. What is the first thing you got to do in order to, like, change this? We got to stop seeking easy. I mean, most of us map out what's the easiest way to do this. What's the easiest life I could have? What's the easiest way for us to get that house? What's the easiest way for us to... to to find somebody to, to have a relationship with. We, we tend to map out an algorithm for seeking easy. We will do whatever it takes to keep our kids from experiencing hard. How do you know if you're seeking easy? Well, I know. Personally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm to just tell you my own personal thing. Is I know when I wanted it to be easy when I respond in one of two emotions, rage or resignation. I don't, really don't have any middle ground, okay? When I expected something to be easy and it's not easy, I will either get really angry about it or at you or at somebody. Why are you making this hard? Why, is it, why are we dealing with this? Or I'll be like, bump it. I'm out of here. It's like, I'm just going to give up. I, I ain't even trying anymore. It's like, you may be looking for easy if you're always getting angry or if you're always quitting. It's a pretty good indicator for me. I went through these feelings with the first three floods, and it's really cool. We're kind of like in that type of moment, because we, we only had like that much to give before this building flooded just two days ago. The first flood event 
showed me that I was an easy seeker. Uh, we flooded really bad. I mean, like three feet worth of water in this building. And I got very angry. And when you're looking for easy, you always look for a villain. Who is screwing up my life? Who at the store? Who's causing me the problem? And my first response to the first flood was, go to a city hall meeting, town square meeting. Stand up and let your indignations be known. I'm not looking for a solution. I'm looking for a villain. The city did this to us. The developers did this to us. It wasn't always like this. And there was yelling and screaming, and I was just as much a part of it. Second flood, I responded a little bit differently. A lot less anger. But a lot, not a very much hope. Now I knew I understood the problem. And it was like, we're screwed. It's like, yeah, they don't know what they're doing. We don't know what we're doing. It ain't going to get doing. You know, it was just like, say, third flood, God had taken me through hard, through easy seeker. Now it got to the point where I was like, okay, well, this is just going to be hard. It's like, there is no immediate fix. You're just going to have to be the pastor who does hard. And by the time the third flood comes around, we were leveraging that moment and all the money that was made off of that moment to give away. Uh, and it's like, wow. So you went from rage, resignation, to, hey, we made some money off of this. Let's give it away. Let's help the people in Haiti. And you were able to do that with me. But how do you get from rage, resignation, to, hey, you know, this is hard, but it could be used for something. It is because you got to let the Spirit of God lead you into a hard moment. And you got to be willing to learn from it. You got to be willing to become a person who can do hard well. The kind of person that other people can count on. Hey, when it gets hard, John DeVries is another person. And some of you, some of you are like, uh, hey, uh, you know, Pastor Paul spends more time with John DeVries than he does with me. It's so unfair. I'll tell you why I hang out with John DeVries. It's because when, when the first flood happened, he didn't need me to call him and say, hey, dude, can you come down and help me? All of a sudden, I'm standing in water this big, this deep, you know, stepping into a building that still has power, so I'm totally an idiot, walking into a building, and I turn around, and there is John DeVries. Hey, man, I just took the day off. I was up in Somerville, and I heard the church flooded. I came right down. And it's like, okay, uh, you're going to be an elder in my church. Why? Because he notes and quotes the Bible? It's like, no, because he does hard well. Let me just throw out there, Brian Sense was right along with us. Uh, and uh, but People want to be with people who can handle hard. But if we're all trying to, why is God doing so, huh? Why is it, you know, if God really loved me. I, I'm sorry, I do not mean to make fun of anybody. No, I'm serious. I, I really, no, because when I hurt my back, I was the biggest wuss in this building. For three years, I mean, it's like, give me, give me a pain pill. Give me an injection. Doctor, please fix me. It's like, well, we can't fix you. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? You're going to have to do hard well. Now, everybody wants to say, well, we're just going to pray for you. We're not going to accept that. We're not going to receive that, Pastor Paul. Well, that's good. You keep on with that little fantasy because I'm living hard. And I found out now the pain has diminished greatly and God has healed me and helped me 
still have, they're still out of place and all that sort of stuff, but it's like, I've learned how to do hard a little bit better. Now I look back and say, instead of it being the worst event of my life, it's like, wow, that's when God finally turned me from an easy streeter to somebody who can do hard well. So I'm telling you this, if God loves you, he will let you, he must let you experience hard. And if you're looking for any other religion than that, you ain't gonna find it in Christianity. How about you? How do you handle hard times? So let's just back off just a little bit. Um, I'm not talking about, let's not talk about floods. Let's talk about customer service. No, seriously. Are you a jerk when you don't get what they said they were going to ship when they said they were going to ship it? You know, um, what do you like to your waitress staff? You know, I've gone out to dinner with some folks that all of a sudden, you know, I've met them and we love the church, you know, let's go out to dinner together. I'm like, cool, let's go out to dinner together. And then all of a sudden, they act like a pompous butt. I've already said ass once this month, so I won't say it again. (laughs) All right? So don't worry, I'm not going to say it. All right? So, and all of a sudden, they're rude, like, I ordered croutons on this salad. And I'll be like, oh my goodness, I got psycho across from me. I have literally gotten up from the table with a, from eating with a Christian couple and gone to the waiter staff and said, listen, I, I am going to tip the wazoo out of you if you'll just put up with this. So let me ask you this. You get a delay. Oh, what is it like encountering you when you go to the Lowe's return counter? I'm a customer, I want to talk to the manager, and this is unacceptable, and I'll be like, please do not tell them you go to Crosstown. (laughs) Um, I'm being serious. You can find out how you handle hard, how you handle mishaps or disappointments or delays or things that arrive broken. And all of a sudden, you come unglued on a human being. It's like, dang. You wonder why things meaningful aren't happening in your life? You you wonder why God doesn't trust you with hard? One of the qualifications of an elder, according to Timothy, and uh, Paul writing to Timothy and to Titus, is that elders have got to be people who have done hard things and have experienced hardship against their lives, and they came out loving God. Not perfect people, but people who have survived hard. But too many of us are just trying to avoid hard. Some of us, the only thing that we're certain about is that they're going to get an earful when we show up. Sure, we're able to quote a verse, but has it been proven in us? Do we even want it proven in us? I always thought the Apostle Paul was whacked. I know some of you put this verse up on your, in your house on some Kirkland's little painted thing, and Romans 5, 3, and 5, it's like, I don't know why you put it up there. It's, I, I'm literally, I'm not lying. God knows this is true. I have thought this verse is whacked. Paul says this, and not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. 
Oh, for crying out loud. We exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulations brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And that it's like, well, wait a minute. You're telling me I don't get to proven character until I've been through hard times? Exactly. It's like, it's like, and Paul's like, no, I exalt in that. Why? It's because hard times prove who I am to myself, to God, and to everyone around me. Everybody knows I can do hard things when that's been proven in my life. But it also, look what comes out of that. It proven character, then hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Now work that backwards. You know, I mean, it's, it's like you get hope. Why? Because, because you have proven character. See, people who are always looking to do easy things and avoid hard, never, when times go bad, never have hope. Why? Because hope only comes through proven character. And proven character only happens when you have to deal with, you have to persevere under something you can't fix. Your back is not going to get better. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe God will heal you. But until then, what do you do? You persevere. And with the Holy Spirit that has been shed in your heart, you allow God to develop what character. Now, let me ask you this. I'm just rambling now, and I'll let you go in just a second. Um, It's like, we believe that God heals. And we know the scripture talks, pray, believe, and you'll have that which you ask for. Is God more committed to your character or more committed to your healing? I mean, seriously, think about it. So, oh, I believe he'd heal every time and leave you an idiot? Seriously, leave you as an individual who can't bear the weight of real life, that can't bear another person's weight? I mean, so, oh, no, no, we believe in healing. And it's like, I have found that people who have an, an extraneous uh, fixation with healing tend to be people who are really afraid of everything. It's not a great faith. It's actually an expression of, oh, my God, he won't let me experience hard, will he? I'm like, he loves you so much, he wants Christ to be conformed in you. And yes, he has the ability to heal, and I recommend you pray for healing. And we'll anoint you with prayer for healing. And we'll stand pray believing. But we also believe that God wants you to be more like Christ than to have your leg work the right way. Okay? I am making fun of this on purpose because there is nobody here that is a bigger scaredy cat than me. I don't want to do hard. First flood, I'm like, screw you, Greg Surratt and Seacoast. You should flood. Why am I flooding? I was like, why am I even angry with them? It's because what? When, you're, when you get, when you want easy street and you see other people get something, you get jealous. Put that as the third indicator. Rage, resignation, and jealousy. But God wants to make us people who do hard. How do you know, Pastor Paul? Because 
he gave us his son and he led his son into hard and then told us to become just like Jesus. There is no being just like Jesus without doing the hard things and trusting God. So I heard somebody the other day say, God just blessed us. We didn't get the flood. We didn't get a storm. He just blessed us because God's so awesome. I'm like, huh, let me fly you down to Fort Myers and I want you to bring you to a church and I want you to say the exact same thing to them. Tell them how they're blessed. And which one of us is really blessed? The one who avoided a hardship or the one who's learning to walk and develop the character in the midst of the hardship? You can't get to proving character on an easy bus. And you don't really know who you are until you do something hard and experience something hard. Man, you let me, that's why when I went through my divorce, who did I want to be around? I wanted to be around people who went through divorces and survived. When I wrestled with addiction, who do I want to be around? Is somebody that faced the devil in the, right in the eyes and struggled with an addiction and came out the other side. I wanted to see that person who did something hard because I could, I could help, they could help me do something hard. So Jesus comes out of this moment. I'm just going to prove this all to you. Jesus comes out of this moment. And you say, well, God, you're really over-talking this. No, Jesus is brought to do something hard. A couple things are said to him, and then here's what happens next. He gets brought right out of the desert into hard. Let me read to you what happens. And just listen to it as I read it. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit from this hard moment, and news about him spread throughout the, the surrounding district, and he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. Oh, man, this is awesome. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, as was his custom, and he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read, and the, pro the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he closed the book. What a pivotal moment. Because he could avoid hard right now. He could just say, hey, that was pretty good, wasn't it? He closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and all the eyes were fixed upon him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all those were speaking well of him and wondering at his gracious words which were falling from his lips. They began saying, isn't this Joseph's son? What did Jesus just go through? Wasn't he just asked by the devil? If you are the son of God, wasn't he just put to a hard place on whether or not who is I, what his identity was? Isn't it interesting that he's been challenged by his identity by the, by the devil and he responds with certainty in the midst of it that he goes back to his hometown and what is the question they ask him? Who do you think you are? Man, that sounds just like that devil thing. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. And they got up and drove him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill 
on which their city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. Wait a minute. Just a few minutes ago, the devil took him up to the top of the pinnacle of the temple and said, jump. And here's Jesus Five minutes later, you know, hyperbolically, five minutes later, he is now in a situation where they're going to throw him from a height. How does Jesus handle this moment? Because he was, he was led by the Spirit into hard, where his identity was established and secured and became certain, where the fear of heights was challenged and became certain. He's like, huh, that's funny. The devil led me to this place, and now people are leading me to this place. Doesn't matter if it's the devil, the hard uh, people, or gravity, or entropy, you will always be led to the edge of something high. And what's it say about Jesus? But Jesus passed through their midst and went his way. How do you do that? Your high school coach just told you you're a moron. Your cousin's are calling you a lunatic. Your hometown is rejecting you and trying to kill you. And Jesus walks through with a, scent, with a certainty about him and just walks through the mist. Not worried about what anybody thinks about him. Not worried about whether or not they can give him the kingdom or not. Just walks through the, not worried about anything. How do you do that? Because you do hard well. You learn what God wants to teach you in hard times. And then when you, would, when you face hard things, you're able to do them. So as we go into this closing moment, please forgive me if I have overstated anything. And I, and I mean this genuinely. Do not ever assume that I am 100% right. I do get caught up in the moment. But if you could shave off me, and it's like, yeah, you were wrong about like, and I'm gonna say 15% of it. I'm pretty confident that we're right on track on this one. If you can just shave that off. And just consider, hard times prove what you're certain about. And hard times prove what is certain about you. Do you like what other people are certain about, about you? Are there some things that need to become certain about you that aren't? And are there some things that, oh, I'm certain about you that don't need to be certain anymore? Your character is an extension of what you hold certain. Your character is what others hold certain about you. So, let me just say this. Grace abounds for us easy streeters. I mean, who doesn't want easy? You know, and if you're the kind of person here that you walked out of a marriage because it got hard, and now you're being incredibly convicted, I'm here to tell you, there is no shame. There is no guilt. There is no crime that the forgiveness of God cannot heal. Maybe you're, I'm gonna throw this one out there. And, and I didn't say this in the first service. If you think you're a dad that has failed and you think it's over, 
being a dad, I'm here to tell you, it's not over. And I'm certain of that. There isn't a little kid or grown kid in the world that wouldn't give their dad a second chance or a third chance if you're willing to do what is hard. You may have to say, I'm sorry, that's hard. Yes, but people who do hard things are ready to do meaningful things. So if you're here and, and you're not, you weren't born heroic. Some of you I look at, I'm like, yeah, you were fearless from birth. I'm not one of those people. I had to learn courage. Um, I had to learn how to be a person to do hard. And there were a lot of times where I ran from it. Just know this, the grace of God is here for all of us. The Bible is replete with men and women who ran when it got hard. The disciples all ran when it got hard. But God called them back to do hard things and meaningful things. Your time is not over. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your, thank you for your gracious challenge. God, maybe for some of us, what we call faith is really us hiding from heart. Because there is a faith that can look hard straight in the face and move forward. God, some of us are not certain. Help us through your Holy Spirit and your word to become certain of you. God, it's okay for us to doubt ourselves. We live in a world that says, trust yourself, believe in yourself. It's okay to say that that's probably a crock because you want something more certain than, than you. We need something more certain than us. We need what Jesus was certain about. God. God, help us to be the kind of people that will do the hard thing. And through it, you will give us meaning and hope. Father, for those of us here who have run, forgive us. For those of us who are scared, strengthen us those of us who are enraged, quiet us. For those of us who have resigned, recommission us. All by your grace. As you come up and you grab the bread and the cup, for that moment that you hold the bread in your hand and the cup in your hand, remember, something hard is in your hand. That something hard was done the work of Jesus was a hard work God's calling you to a meaningful life